you're listening to this, you're a mortgage professional who's probably wanting to scale your business. After 12 years of being in the trenches as a mortgage pro and nearly 180 interviews with top-performing loan officers and mortgage brokers, I've distilled the best ideas, strategies, and tactics into an eight-week program called the $25 million Blueprint. If you're wanting to take your business from $10 million a year to twenty, or if you want to go from twenty-five to fifty, this is the program that will help you scale. Step by step, we're going to show you exactly what the pros have done so that you can get there too. Go to mortgageblueprint.io to find out more. That's mortgageblueprint.io. I love mortgage brokering, episode 62. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. Colin Bruce is a mortgage broker with DLC Mortgage Mentors. He's been a broker for nine years. He's based out of Edmonton, Alberta. He's a number one broker with DLC, as well as last year, CMP 75. He was the number one broker. I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Colin, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am. Thanks. Awesome. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business? Sure. Um, well, I've been mortgage brokering since 2006. Uh, we've had our own DLC franchise since 2009. Uh, previous to that, I worked at a big bank in commercial lending. And um, I also owned a couple subway franchises with my brother. So it was um, we had sold the subway franchises. And then I was looking to go back to the bank to just go back into commercial lending. And a broker that I knew was telling me you should try mortgage brokering. And I was worried about the commission aspect of it. And you know, the you had the guaranteed salary at the bank, but there's more potential mortgage brokering. But the biggest barricade for me at the time was I didn't have the eight hundred dollars to pay for the course, the licensing course. So and at that moment I um I went on and checked my visa card. And Subway had refunded me a commercial microwave from about a year ago that I forgot about that we had returned. And swear, um, clear as day in my head, I did it. I heard I didn't have the money five minutes ago. Just go register for the course, and and I did. So thank, from, thanks to Subway, you you got into the mortgage business. <laughs> well, saw me a, a bad microwave that we returned. We got into the mortgage business. Really, that's it. <laughs> and and so, how were the first years transitioning? Obviously, you had some banking experience and obviously entrepreneur. But how were those first years uh, transitioning into being a broker? Well, it was um, it was actually pretty good. It was, I think, at that point, I was so like when we came out of the subways, I was pretty like broke, like to be honest. Um, so I was used to that pressure under me, under me. And so every deal counted. And, um, we also, when I just got in, it was in 2006. So the market was really busy. And at that time too, we were able to get a hundred percent financing on 400 beacon scores, like just things I wasn't aware of, like how impactful they were at the time. But, mm-hmm. um, so at that time it was started getting a few clients and, um, I put an ad in a local, magazine and started getting some more leads from it and it just kind of snowballed from there and and so um which is that's awesome so the whole from sandwich artist to you know mortgage number one mortgage broker with dlc which is maybe i think is gonna be the title of this podcast by the way because i think it's just awesome (laughs) Um, so uh so before we dive into your story though i'd like to ask about a success quote that's impacted you i find for me quotes are uh, something that's portable memorable and they keep me sort of on track so can you share a quote that's really had an impact on you um Geez, like, I don't know if I have a specific quote from somebody, but really I just do what's right for the client and just work hard. We, um, I was at a DLC had Darren Hardy speaking at a conference in new Orleans and 
he was saying there's no silver bullet, there's no magic button. The key to success is just hard fricking work, like quote unquote is what he said. So that's probably the best one to follow. Right. And so how did, how did the, you know, being an entrepreneur, how did that prepare you for being in the broker business? So were there any lessons that you kind of picked up from running a franchise? Cause franchises are very systematic from my understanding. So any, anything that you picked up that you've applied to your business? Well, yes. Cause, um, even like in a franchise business, it was up to us to grow the business. So of course the more sandwiches we could sell, the more money we made. And it's, um, the same thing, jumping into the mortgage broker business. It's not just doing mortgages. It's, um, you have to be an expert in marketing. You have to be an expert in your accounting, like your own business. You have to then still sell clients yourself and, and then do the mortgages. So I think just being in that spot, like um, being in, like having your own business really helped prepare me for this. Cause I knew what to expect kind of. Um, and just I don't know, when you have that fuel behind you or that fear behind you that you need to make this work or you're in big trouble. I think that's, uh, that really helped. Right. It's like a fire, uh, that's chasing you. It is. Well, and even us, like we have, um, we have agents under us as well. And there's some new agents. Like the thing I tell new agents coming into the industry is the toughest part of this business is getting new clients. And we had, um, I use one agent in our office, John started first year and he got a, a job in a show home and he's, going out to realtors. He just was working so hard and now he's really successful. But there's a few um, few agents that are just kind of sitting there waiting for the phones to ring. And it's like a lot of them are out of the industry now, you know? So, mm-hmm. so you got yeah, to you you be willing to do the work and put yourself out there. That's it. Exactly. It doesn't come to you, right? You just, you have to grab it. So one of the things I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers and entrepreneurs is that failure happens, uh, but it's never fatal or final. Can you share something that you'd failed at, but that looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Oh yeah. Well, um, at that time too, like as we were going through the subway franchises, um, like that was about $50,000 in credit card debt. I don't mind telling everybody, um, somehow we managed to use one to pay the other and, um, flips, uh, I, I was also married at the time and I went through a divorce. So, mm-hmm. um, it was one of those, I got married as, you know, I was like 24, 25, just young and shouldn't have got married, like in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also one of the most, I think, impactful things that has happened. So it was my birthday in December and you're broke from the subways and, uh, divorced. Right. So I think at that point you kind of hit your low, but, um, yeah, coming back from that, I think that would be probably the, like the failure and the, the just, you know, when you go through something like that and you're kind of at your low and you just really have to dig deep and find out who your true friends are and family is and yeah, and mm-hmm. grew from there. So what would be the lesson that you kind of, now that you look, you know, you're a little, you're older, wiser than when you went through that um, several years ago. So what would be the lesson that you sort of have picked up from it? Well, at that time too, like I'd say... Um, I was so concerned about what other people had thought of me at the time. Um, and it was just all appearance. Like I'd come on to university and, um, pop up, you're supposed to get a good job and go on and be successful. And I was more concerned about the car I drove and, um, what people had thought of me, right? Like how much money I have and it's too successful that, um, I think that's where the first marriage failed. And we're also, um, we had like, you know, over, I guess, overestimated revenues on the, the subways. Right. So it just, that's, that's probably it. Like once you, um, once you hit that low and everything comes out, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's just the truth finally comes out, really. Um, it was like not liberating, but it was your okay, fresh start. And from that point on, it's just really, I think just really became true myself and just really focused on, you know, like doing what's right and really trying to help other people. And it just, yeah, that's really it. And just continue to snowball from there. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed talking to successful mortgage brokers that they always have systems and processes. They don't just sort of show up and hope for the best. And so, and they're also willing to tweak those processes to get better results. So can you share sort of an administrative process maybe that wasn't working in your, your business is pretty big now. So something that wasn't mm-hmm. working as well as you'd like, and then an adjustment that you made to improve it. Yeah. Um, and it still happens today, actually, it would be, I can see when our customer service lags because we're getting too busy. And so the first year, year and a half in, I was working probably 12, 13 hours a day trying to um, underwrite my deals. I get new clients, grow the business um, and customer services going down. And of course, you're, I was new to mortgage brokering too. So I didn't know all the, like not the tricks, but the ins and outs to make deals go smoother. Um, hiring an assistant was probably one of the best moves I'd made. What it did is it just freed up my time. And it was stressful at the time though too, because now you have another salary and somebody mm-hmm. depending on you. But um, it grew our business and then it happened again and again and again. So um, I guess that's uh, just for systems. It's just don't wait too long to hire somebody. Like we just brought somebody else on our team and we're kind of trying to do it preemptive before it gets too busy or customer service legs, but um, it's gotten busy already. So I'm glad we've, we brought her on. Right. And so just out of curiosity for somebody who's in the sort of growth phase of their business, what's the first because you have a you have a whole team and they do different things, but what's the first person that you'd want to put on that team in order to like what would their primary role be? I guess is the question. Uh, it would be underwriting and documents. That would be the first role for sure, because um, like documents especially can take so much time, especially if you have one of those not like not cookie cutter files. You know that you have to mm-hmm. spend a lot more time on. So if you have can get somebody that's licensed that can underwrite and work on documents for you while you're primarily meeting with clients and, you know, growing the business, that's the yeah first step for sure. And then what would be just because you've already, you've walked through this, uh, what's the next person that you'd want to add to your team? Just, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple of these just to get in a sense of sort of what the progression would look like. Oh, sure. Well, what we did is, um, so first thing, yeah, we brought somebody on to work on documents um, and then, and underwriting. And then from there I brought, um, we needed somebody full-time on documents and then somebody on underwriting. So that was the next step. So then it was myself up front, um, getting the new leads in and meeting with all the clients and signing. Then I had somebody submitting and then somebody doing the docs. Mm-hmm. And then um, documents seem to be the, like where it all gets caught up. That's the, so we, I'd say docs probably the biggest focus. We have, I have three people right now and with an, they have an assistant coming on too. So four licensed people that just work on documents on files. Right. That's the bottleneck would be the document, document review it, it collection. Is. It is. Yeah. And then it just, um, like if they're bogged down, then clients are like, there's more that comes back on me, which means I can spend less time talking to new clients and growing the business. So yeah, for sure it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to switch gears now to sales processes and marketing. And I know that, uh, when we were chatting earlier, you had said that you, you use different marketing strategies, but can you share an example of a marketing or sales strategy that wasn't working and then an adjustment that you made? Yeah. Like, um, when we like, so I started out with a $300 ad in a 
like local real estate publication and just panicked about it. Um, and then we, I grew it over the couple of years and that was just where I was, um, marketing. So, but what I realized and I flukily realized this is when, um, I was so dependent on the purchase market. So when people were buying homes in spring and summer, I was busy in the fall and winter when they weren't, I was slowed down. Um, I stumbled upon uh, advertising on radio. It was just fluke. I had an ad in and somebody from the radio station called me and we had a good um, good fit. So we decided to try radio. But what it did is it allowed us to advertise refinances and switches in the slower purchase months. Right. And then all of a sudden my business leveled out all the way throughout the year, which was huge. Right. There was no more ups and downs. I was constant deal throughout the year. Right. So you basically took advantage of the fact that in the, those slower months, you'd, you'd target different types of clients. Exactly. And what it has now is like, cause we do, um, like we have TV and radio ads and um, real estate publication ads and online, um, but we can switch the, our target market pretty easy. So if it's just like, you know, January this year, just the headlines, oil prices are down on Alberta. Um, we really focused on refinances and what that did where we stayed really busy. And then now the housing market here in Edmonton, at least is so busy. We're focusing primarily on that. Mm-hmm. And um, so on the advertising side, you had said we were chatting about this before, but so do you, how big of an impact do you think it's made on your business? Huge. Um, we are spending, I'm spending about $65,000 a month right now on advertising. If you, take all of them together. And what it does is clients, it's almost like it's a warm lead for clients. I could be the worst mortgage broker in the city, but um, also know like he's on TV and he's on the radio. He must know what he's talking about. Right. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of, I think takes that edge off on meeting with clients for the first time. Um, So yeah, it's been really big. And then we've also, we're getting a lot of repeats and referral clients, clients with just the, the service. So, um, it helps with referrals. Oh, the guy on TV or the guy on the radio. Yeah. Go see them. They're really good. So, uh, mm-hmm. it's been huge. And then just because I know that you're obviously busy writing mortgages. So who creates the content or the marketing campaigns for you? Cause do you do that or does some like I do? Yep. So like I do my... the messaging and everything that you, that you want. Yes. Yeah. We create our own ads and, um, we create our own radio ads and I go in and record them myself. So it's myself on the radio. Um, I record them for, we um, like do the voicing for TV or else we'll get filmed on TV. And then like global, that's who we advertise with. They'll build the commercial, but yeah, it's our message or my message. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. And uh, so I'll, I'll, another question I want to ask you, what's the best uh, business advice that you've ever received? Uh, best business. Well, um, be conservative in your numbers. That's for sure. I know it doesn't sound very conservative. I'm seeing sixty five thousand a month in advertising, but it's just. Um, but you didn't start like there. You started with three hundred dollars and three hundred dollars, and I was so scared. And it's and it just snowballs over the years, right? So mm-hmm. it's just don't after um like after subways. It's yeah, making sure that um, prepare for worst case scenario, but obviously hope for the best, of course. But as long as you're prepared for the worst and you end up above that, then great. Right. So, and and so I've, one of the things I've talked to a lot of other brokers is about the need to diversify income and cross-selling other products, insurance. So, I wanted to get your take on that, and if there was an area that you've been focusing on in your business. Huge. Um, we bought a Canadian First Financial Center this year or last year, mm-hmm. which is huge. 
Um, so with CFF, we're able to offer unsecured lines of credit, GICs, TFSAs, RSPs, the whole gamut of financial products, and soon like car loans um, and et cetera are coming out. So that's been huge for us. Just even the unsecured lines of credit right now, because um, we're getting a lot of, we're marketing those and we're mm-hmm. getting people coming in for lines of credit. And then of course, my signature is Dominion Lending Mortgage, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And they're coming to us on other stuff. So I think it's it's huge. Right. And so, so how, how long ago, because I've talked to a few other people from CFF. So how long, when did you start with them? Uh, we bought ours in October of last year. Right. And has it, um, how has it changed sort of your uh, approach or your business in, in those six months? Well, um, especially with flex down, uh, the borrowed down payment, because mm-hmm. now we can do the lines of credit in house while right. the people are here. So it's just, instead of sending them to their own bank to get a line of credit, we can do it ourselves. Um, so that's been really big. And just even, um, I know a lot of the banks, they have like 80 or 90% renewal rates, right? On mm-hmm. our clients. So the, the mortgages that we're doing, we send to the banks, which is great. We need them, but then 80 or 90% of them don't come back. So the idea is hopefully if they have um, lines of credit and GICs or a TFSA with us or RSP with us and their mortgage, they're coming back to us. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen that, like the impact on that yet, but it, that's the ideal. But so far, everything's been going great. That's awesome. And so obviously you've got a busy mortgage practice. You've also got a, a lots of agents that work for you. So how do you balance running that as well as family? Oh, uh, yeah, I know that's it. Because um, we have two kids, they're four and six and um, married now. Um, usually I'm here till about 5.30 or 6 during the week. Um, then come home and I'm really, I shut everything off because then I really want to make sure I'm present at home with the kids. And same thing on the weekends too. I'll check my emails now and then. Um, but I'm at home. I don't come into the office on the weekend anymore. Um, and just, uh, my wife is involved in the business too. So she helps. So it's usually her and I, after we get the kids to bed, both working on our laptops, watching TV. So mm-hmm. <laughs> not much of a work-life balance right now, but especially it's also at spring market too. Like once we hit, um, you know, like October, November, December, it does slow down a bit. So it's mm-hmm. not, you have time to breathe, you know? And you take some of your time then, your, your break. Yeah, time. It, Exactly. But especially kids now, I don't want to miss anything either. So it's pretty, yeah, I'm pretty conscious to make sure I'm, I'm focused there and not thinking about work when I'm home or on the weekend with them. Right. Okay. So I'll move to the rapid fire questions. These you can answer with shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Um, I'd say, oh, gee, that's a tough question. I'd say credibility right now on the channel um, I hope it's, I think it's getting more and more credible, right? But a lot of people, um, I mean, it's the biggest purchase of their life. So how are you going to get somebody to trust you to handle that purchase, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not, so mortgage brokers are, I'm so biased and so pro mortgage broker, obviously. And I think we're a lot better, not equipped than most of the bank employees, right? But yeah, I guess it's just those banks have the banks behind them mm-hmm. saying that they're good, right? So how do they how does like John Smith mortgage broker working for ABC company show that he's credible and can handle the the product. Right. So, and they have big marketing budgets. Well, and that's it. Big market. That's it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What one thing or habit do you think has made you successful? Sorry, what was that? What one thing or habit has made you successful? Um, just doing what's right for the client, no matter what, even if it means uh, it doesn't make sense to refinance the mortgage because they won't eat the penalty. I'll, penalty up in time. I'll tell the clients that, um, mm-hmm. 
I also, clients come in here, I show them the rate sheets that we, like our Dominion rate sheet. I'll never give it to them, obviously, but I like clients to come in here, show them that this is what the rates are at all the banks. This is why I think you should go here and just build trust with them. Right. So being open and transparent. Mm-hmm. So do you have an internet resource or a software program you use to make your business more successful? Um, we use, um, like we used to use a Dominion's um, in-contact software for that. We did go on our own. But then just to do the content, I just didn't have the, the time to do it. So, yeah, we just use DLCs. It's really good, though. We get a lot of response back every time the newsletter goes out. Right. And how often do you guys send them out? Uh, monthly. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty active on Facebook, too, um, on my page. And we like to boost posts. So you can, like, for brokers or on Facebook, you can pay to boost your posts. And I know in Edmonton, if we spend $250, you can get 90000 um, impressions on that. So it's pretty impactful too. Right. Yes. I guess compared to, that's a pretty inexpensive way to get exposure. Exposure. Exactly. I mean, not everybody's looking for a mortgage at that time, but hopefully some people are. Mm-hmm. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Jeez. Um, old one would be like Celestine prophecy. That's an old, old book, but that really changed my life way back when, mm-hmm. um, Anything by Darren Hardy, too. I'm really impressed by him. I like his no-nonsense, just hard work. So if you can say Darren Hardy, that would be uh, any of his books. That's a good start. Okay. So um, where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Uh, I'm a bit worried about... Well, not that I'm worried about the industry. I'm worried that smaller brokers are going to get eaten up by the bigger offices because I think it's all coming down to efficiencies and rates, right? Mm -hmm. That's really what it's coming down to and i think it's almost coming down to full service brokerages which have multiple products working on like services first-time homebuyers coming in and then you're going to have the brokerages that have discounted rates internet like rate hub rate supermarket right so Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of where you're going to have one or the other really low rates or i mean those guys are really good brokers too but yeah i think it's going to be full service or discounted rates right so here, this is the last question. One of my favorites is the DeLorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. So remember the car, you could jump in and travel time. So if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back to nine years ago when you put that mortgage license on your credit card or a mortgage course, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself so that you'd have a even, I mean, your business is pretty big. So what three pieces of advice would you give yourself to have even bigger business today? Geez, um, I would have hired my first assistant sooner for sure. Mm-hmm. Um too like we um probably would have gone to my own brokerage sooner too um we were under another brokerage for three or four years before it imploded so um but geez other than that like i don't know what else i'd give my life just keep working hard and especially i guess even now i have twangs of worries after being in the industry for nine years and then there's always you have everybody has that slow week or that slow day and then I still think, oh, Jesus, is that it? Was it, you know, is this mm-hmm. going to go on forever? Not that it ever does, but yeah, if you just, when it's slower, just work on your business because you know it's going to come back all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, just keep that in mind. I would have probably lost less sleep going forward, right? Or lost less sleep over the years because of that. Right. That's awesome advice. Well, Colin, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, my website is just my name, colinbruce.ca. So C-O-L-L-I-N-B-R-U-C-E.ca. And are you guys hiring? Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, we're bringing on agents. So, um, really good team, really fun office. And, um, yeah, call me or email me.
And are, are you hiring in just in Edmonton or in other areas as well? Um, no, Alberta. Yeah, anywhere in Alberta. Okay, awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, anybody who's listening to this, they can get the show notes at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. They can get links to everything we talked about to Colin's website. Colin, I really appreciate it, man. I hope you absolutely crush the rest of your year. Oh, thank you so much. Want to learn from the top five mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.